0: Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richmond and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use.
1: Podcast 25. Uh, Chris can't count that high. 25. If I take off my shoes, I can you, count that high. Are you 25 years old? Yeah, twice over. <laughs> twice plus you're a 50. couple plus a couple fingers you're 50 plus a couple fingers how old are you i will be 52 in october oh you're old yeah are you gonna
0: be you're gonna be able to do this uh this sick hunt we were just talking
1: about uh i should all right well as long as we don't have to get the bike out of first gear
0: yeah so uh everybody listening um chris lives in pa i live in maryland and in maryland we got sika hunting sick of deer hunting and uh, I think Chris is going to come down this year and try to bust a cap and a sick-a-buck, a 90-pound sick-a-buck.
1: <laughs> that'd be a good one, right? 90-pound. Yeah, that'd be a good <laughs> one. Yeah. I'm going to bust about, a 60-pounder. Yeah, with
0: about four-inch four, four inch antlers on
1: it. <laughs> four-inch spikes. Actually, it gotta have got to have so many points? Uh, no, just two. Just um, two, as long as they're over so three they, inches or something? Yep,
0: so they come up, and then it will have a point. And then it'll come up again, and it could have a point. So if you shoot uh, six point sick a six-point sickabuck, buck, you're famous. Trophy. You're famous. Hmm. So they're in the swamps down there, and uh, I'm excited. Hmm. You excited?
1: I'm not sure because you said there's lots of bugs. I'm not. I don't know if I'm real excited yet.
0: If it's if it's damp and rainy, there will be bugs, but the famous thermocell will protect you.
1: Uh, um.
0: Wait. I went last year, and there wasn't much bugs. We actually had really, really good weather. It was really cold in the morning, mm. but it, it kind of warmed up in the afternoon a little bit. But excellent, excellent weather.
1: I'll just bank for that then.
0: Sunny. Awesome. We heard bugles and bugles and bugles. They're first, just like that.
1: First one I hear, my hair is going to stand up on end.
0: It does. You, you will hear <laughs> bugles all morning long as the sun rises and then all afternoon you will hear bugles every day because that is the peak rut of sicka
1: crazy
0: uh so what's up what's up with food pots this week do anything
1: i really haven't done a thing because i was waiting on that rain and we finally started getting rain so
0: it poured here yesterday and today
1: yep yep same here and i'm happy about that Uh, Mm um you know i was afraid to actually put the turf tires in the clover i was afraid that it was so dry that it would pull it out so i just stayed off of it you know mm. i did my spraying a couple weeks ago it's ready to be clipped the cool uh had some turkeys in the yard got some pictures of a couple gobblers they still have nice. hens with them nice why 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 do they still have hens with them
0: turkeys wiped you out this year
1: oh uh, they pff, i gave up on them i surrendered you I quit waved a, i waved a white flag you're a quitter. Them hens whooped me. You quit. You quit
0: because of a turkey. I did. how that make you feel?
1: Gobble gobble.
0: Gobble gobble. Um I switched so, to fish. Yeah, I know. You you quit turkey, switch to fish. Mm-hmm. Uh I quit fishing because I have other stuff to do, but I'm getting <laughs> back into it here shortly. Uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, uh, podcast twenty five. And I'm gonna start I'm gonna start a pot.
1: He's gonna start it up.
0: We're going to stir the pot. and uh,
1: You're controversial.
0: Yep. We're going to jump into a topic that's very controversial, and I'm going to give my honest opinion on it from 25 years of deer hunting and consulting on people's property for the last four years, and uh, let's talk about it, and that's the uh, famous uh, Dough Factory.
1: Dough Factory?
0: Yep. You've heard of it, right? Oh, Yeah. Okay, it's Yeah, it's... I, I'm creating
1: them right now because I have clover plots in the summer.
0: You're doing it wrong. <laughs> in all honesty, I'm I'm going to give everybody my honest opinion about this and I'm going to tell you what I think what I think's happening and whether it's good or bad. So the whole dough factory thing is when you apparently is when you have summer food, you plant food plots and you attract doze in the summer, and it pushes the bucks off. You have too many does and then it it pushes the pushes the bucks away. Well, that's not true in my opinion. um Bucks will come and go all the time. You have some bucks that summer on your property, and some that don't. So, yeah, I'm sure you see it all the time too. Like depending you know, where you're hunting at, but you'll see bucks all summer long. And all of a sudden the fall comes around and they kind of leave, but then you'll attract different ones. Yeah. So from what I've noticed is that if you do see those bucks in the summer on your property, some of them do tend to leave, but as long as that property has food and, um, you know, low pressure, they will come back because that's what happened to the buck 210 that i shot last year had him on trail camera all summer long had summer food and he left for like three weeks or something came back and i shot him four weeks i think he left but the whole idea is planting this summer food and attracting does doe family groups and everything and it just all of a sudden pushes the bucks away what's happening is you have two different scenarios in one, think of the farm, man you hunted, you have a big wood setting. Me and you were the only ones within miles of that property that were doing any type of habitat improvement, right?
1: As far as we know. Yeah. Yep.
0: So if you were a deer in a big woods, closed canopy forest, and all of a sudden you have this hundred acre property and we're making all ki- all types of habitat improvements, and that property has the best food, where are you going to go?
1: Yeah, I'm going yeah. for the buffet.
0: You're going to go there. You're going to attract does. You're going to attract buck. You're going to attract all kinds of deer. We had 15 does in a food plot at one time.
1: Sometimes and more.
0: Sometimes more, and we had all kinds of bucks. Didn't yeah. push them off. I mean, we we saw bucks and had bucks all the time now in agricultural areas it's less common that you'll have a dough factory because there's you have food everywhere so they're not just going to be focused in on one little half acre plot where you got 15 deer and a half acre plot because there's food quality food everywhere so those deer can be spread out throughout that area um but here's what's happening is that it's kind of like it's man-made because you're improving the habitat and you're attracting deer. If we didn't do anything, those deer could be spread out all over the place and you wouldn't have the appearance of a doe factory. So do, does, yes, do does like to bed close to food. That's true. But when you create that bedding close to food, and all of a sudden those deer are right there the the does are bedding close to that food they only have to move 50 100 yards boom they're in the food plot you tracked all kinds you have all kinds of bedding close to food you have the best food all of a sudden you have 10 15 does in a food plot because it's the bedding is close by and you have the food you have the appearance of a doe factory right but it doesn't mean that it pushes the bucks away but this This appearance of too many does could be a quality control, you know, uh, or a, uh, a balance number, you know, a property can only really, an area can only really handle so many deer per square mile. I was,
1: I was was waiting to make that comment, but I was, I might as well say it now then. I was going to say that it's relative to the areas that you're in according to your, to your buck to doe ratio, Mm -hmm. you know, you're saying. not you saying, but people are saying that it pushes bucks off. You, you may not have bucks in the area, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. they might be there. They might be gone. Who knows? Yeah. You know, and how are you making this comparison? I mean, did you, did they take inventory of all these bucks that they had and then all of a sudden they disappeared? If they did, that sounds like a pressure pressure. Uh, situation that they've got pushed off not Mm -hmm. why would a doe push a buck off
0: right now i can see you know for instance like if you have a big woods area where you where you you're the only one doing that habitat improvement i've the way i see it is you should have a larger food plot because you're going to spread out or you're going to attract a lot of deer and does you know, you ever see a picture or a trail camera picture or something, you got a bunch of does together, they, they start pawing each other. Well, are they playing or are they, are they aggravated with each other? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so kind of like social pressure. Um, So the does, you know, kind of get frustrated. But if you have a larger food plot, they can spread themselves out. Yes. But does fighting or pushing a buck off, like I have never... Ever, <laughs> exactly.
1: I've never seen a buck run from a doe. No, it's uh,
0: it's does running from does or a buck nudging a doe. But,
1: but I get I get what they're saying. They're they're pressuring does to or they're pressuring bucks to feel uncomfortable in a setting with all the other deer. Mm-hmm. But as I said, uh, I don't think a mature buck is gonna give leadway to a doe um yeah that's my opinion and then the the doe thing you said like they're batting at each other yeah they're 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 family they're family oriented mm-hmm. and when one gets too close to their just like you on the street yeah. you know if you if you go to, on vacation you're walking down the boardwalk you and your family and some hoodlum walks in between you you're like yo whoa, hey you know <laughs> yeah, you know, get the guy's attention he's oh I'm sorry you know Right. It's the same thing with the deer. Yeah. They they have their own groups, their own cliques, and that's mm-hmm. who they run with. And if you get inside that circle, you're getting batted. Yeah. With, with the front hooves from yep. the, from one of the
0: other mothers, you know. But to sum it up, it's a man-made issue. Like we we create that issue or appearance because we're doing the habitat improvements. If you didn't do a habitat improvement on your property, you're not going to see it. You're gonna you're not gonna see fifteen does in in an area because you don't have that food plot there to concentrate them to a specific area right so it's a man-made situation um not that it's a that it's a bad thing I mean if you do improvements and stuff and food plots and things like that but it it all it's just it, it's a funny
1: yeah but why you why are you planting food plots in the first place?
0: Right. You're you're attracting
1: deer. Right. You're attracting deer. And the more you can attract, that's wonderful if you have enough food to feed them. Okay, Mm -hmm. now, okay, fast forward to the rut. Well, where the does are at, guess what comes next? The bucks come sniffing around the does. So Mm -hmm. eventually, those bucks that you think you spooked off are going to come out of their recluse hiding. You know, whether they got pushed off by a doe or if you pressured them and they hid, you know, or just the sexual arousal, that time of rut is coming and they're coming out to, to date the women. Yeah. So where you have the does, the bucks will come. I think it's all bogus.
0: I think it's bogus too. I mean, you can continue the conversation with, you know, does can handle more pressure more, more human pressure. Like we can spook a doe and they come right back. Yes. A big, a big buck is not going to do that. So Correct. all of this runs in together. So yeah, if you have a lot of food in your property, you, you have a high deer number in the area because you're in a big wood setting and nobody else is doing improvements, then you have more does on your property and there's more potential of spooking them, which then could spook a buck. So it's, it's just, again, it's, it's a man-made appearance
1: yep.
0: it's a man-made appearance it's not a bad thing we had shoot i think me and we counted what 22 23 does in a food pot with like eight or ten different bucks um shoot the day the day that time you were hunting with me in the the lucky stand in -hmm. the clover plot and that buck came out and the one i missed yeah shot with my bow i mean how Mm -hmm. many deer were out in the field there's plenty does do you, do? you know a dozen does and but in that situation it was a big wood setting and it was a large it was a three acre field mm-hmm. so that buck yeah he did come out from the corner by himself that's what they do yeah but there was other deer in that food plot
1: oh for sure 100 percent. so it's all i think it's all bogus um i don't know if it's a. yeah and how many nights did we get stuck in that stand and you know we had to wait till it was black out or you had to get your phone on and play coyote singing noises yeah. to get their attention and spook them off just so we can get down yeah because you it's know? a big it was a big destination field yeah and that you know? and, and that proves another thing that you know like you were just saying about spooking them yeah that the does will put up with that pressure you can bump them off and they'll come back but mm-hmm. like you said if you're after a big boy you don't want to get down before dark and start walking across the field no he could be he could be standing on the edge getting taught where you just was sitting and mm-hmm. he'll avoid that spot next time yeah i mean it's just yeah. you just
0: it, learn you're
1: just learning them
0: yeah it's a wild deer i mean each mm-hmm. each deer is going to have a different personality i mean what happens when a deer comes to the edge of a field what's he do stops he come, comes to the edge looks around checks things out a little bit you might see a doe over there or doe here whatever then he slowly comes out Mm -hmm. i mean does kind of do that too you know they're coming into an open area it's danger you know they're not there's no cover um but that's my honest opinion about it because i've been asked about it a lot i actually have a video about this that i made like two years ago and i said the same things like it's a man-made issue um I shouldn't say issue it's not an issue it's just a man-made appearance you know we create what is called a so-called doe factory but um
1: yeah but how many how many hay fields do you go past you know there's no food plot out there but it's a it's a wide open field and it's full of deer you know mm -hmm. I mean it, it but since you put a food plot in you created a problem Right. No, it, it, yeah. It's, it's and a it, bunch
0: of bull. What's the difference if it's in the, if you have a food plot in the summer or a food plot in the fall,
1: right? You're, you know I mean, them.
0: you're attracting them both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, if the food's there in the summer, you know, the, the does are kind of there. They, they make, they may find within, they might change their home range a little bit and they might find that area home, but then all. You know, so they're there ready to eat your fall food plot. Um, So do they
1: call it a doe factory in the fall? You know what I'm saying?
0: (laughs) Right. It's, I I think it's just a terminology that to just create controversy and sell, make, I I don't know, Um, but I've been deer hunting for 25 years. I've, I've planted food plots for 20 years and I've never had a problem like that.
1: What about putting on a deer mineral? Spot, you know. Yeah. Are you creating a doe factor or or a buck factory or anything like that around the right. mineral site? Yeah. It's I mean, just something silly. It's just, it's it's not even a real thing. Let's put it that way. It's I don't joke. think. I I think
0: it. I think it's an appearance. I mean, you're funneling
1: deer into a situation where they feed, whether sure. it be a buck or a doe. Mm-hmm. When they get hungry, they're going to visit that site.
0: Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. Does you're can true. fight with each other, but, and, and a buck can kind of nudge a doe, but I've never seen a doe specifically like, like push a deer off, push a buck off. Now, if you're there, if a buck and doe is there, sometimes if a doe or something hears a noise and that doe kind of, kind of jerks, then that buck's going to be on alert. That's a different situation though. But just because you have doe's there doesn't mean that bucks not going to feed in the same area. Yeah.
1: I don't I you know, it's kind of silly anyhow. What what are you worried about?
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you,
1: about? you know, I don't I don't know what they what they're worried about. Yeah. You're you're planning a plot to funnel deer into it. Right. To me that's success. That's not doe factory. Why is it why is it a big warning sign? Mm-hmm. They should be happy their their plots getting used.
0: Yeah, I see your your uh, buddy has a lot of videos about dough factories.
1: Who? Which which buddy's that? Uh the guy with the whiteboard.
0: No, deer oh. and deer hunting. <laughs> deer, <laughs> deer and deer hunting. What's your who, what's the guy's name? There.
1: There's Bartella.
0: Bartella. He, he don't like
1: out. dough factories.
0: I know. I'm just saying he has a lot of videos about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He,
1: yeah, he's totally against it. Yeah, he he's speaks out, it. He speaks out against it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I wanted to talk about that because I had like two or three comments about that this or this week. Um, and it's funny. I it was actually, I was talking to a guy on the phone about it. Um, an old client uh, that I went to. He was asking me. He called. Just say, what's your opinion about this? I said, well, you got summer food. He's like yeah i do i said you got a doe factory he's like i don't think so i got bucks and does out there all the time <laughs> yeah so <laughs> what are you calling what are you asking me for then
1: i had i speaking of which <clears throat> in the feed plot behind camp <clears throat> the other night uh saturday night as a matter of fact uh, it was a busy weekend you know there was lots of the people out front were uh, at their camps and things mm-hmm. and and i had that big long strip of clover there and, you know, you've been here and sat around a fire with me and watched deer come in, you know, and they're like 30 yards from us. Mm-hmm. Well, they started filtering out of the woods one after another. I had eight doe, and the last one to come out was a buck. I had nine deer in the plot. And it mm-hmm. was, uh, it was uh, he was just almost as wide as his ears. He's going to be a good up-and-comer for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a pretty decent buck. and I mean, I had music playing, the fire going, you know, and the neighbors out front they had a bunch of people up in the fire going, but the deer came right in between us and they went through my plot and stopped and ate for a while. And when they got tired of that, they moved on. And, uh, yeah, so I created a dough factory in my backyard.
0: Yep. I just want to say one more thing about it and then I'm going to shut up about it. But typically like if you can have like 20 to 30 deer per square mile, that, square mile of habitat can usually handle that many deer. You know, you're gonna have enough forage, you're gonna have enough, you know, food for them. When you start getting above that, when you're in areas, you know, where they're building houses and they're pushing all the deer close together, you know, then that number goes up per square mile, but your food level goes down. So it's the same with us people, hunters, doing habitat improvement again. So you could have just say you have a you know, a square mile and you have 30 deer within that square mile, all of a sudden, again, you are the only one that's putting in a food plot. What are those 30 deer going to do? (laughs) They're going to come to your food plot. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're going to have the appearance of a dough factory. It's not a dough factory. You just attracted all the deer in the woods because nobody else is doing anything. And that's where all the deer, you have the best quality food. That's where deer search, you know, search for, you know, they pick the best and leave the rest, um, like a cow.
1: Well, um, let me be devil's advocate here. Yeah, 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 what you okay. got? Okay, okay. If you think you have a doe factory, maybe you ought to check into your woods line. Maybe you don't have any browse in your woods. hmm Maybe they're just coming for, for your plot. Mm-hmm something to think about maybe your woods are so crappy that you need to do improvements on your property to get your brows correct mm-hmm. just a thought yeah now he, now here's a here's something else just not, he's thinking I, i'm changing gears a little bit but when when i still lived in pittsburgh and we had a camp when i was a teenager we used to go spotting in the area that i live now mm-hmm and back in the day, I'm talking a hundred years ago, you know, uh, when we went spotting, like each field had 40, 50 deer in it. Mm-hmm. So you could, you would see hundreds and hundreds of deer if you rode around for an hour. And that was like the highlight of the weekend, man. We used to, as teenagers, we'd get mom or somebody to, to ride us around. We'd have the spotlight out, hanging out the window. Man, it was crazy. Crazy. I, I And we never had problems supporting a deer, you know. Mm-hmm. But now, nowadays, all the agriculture is gone. All the old farmers are dead or, you know, or they just don't farm anymore. Mm-hmm. They handed it down to another generation and they quit farming. Mm-hmm. And now when you go hunting and the population did go away for a while and now it's rebounding to the point that the game commission's starting to worry about it again and allocating more doe tags now when you get around you're lucky you see 15 deer in those fields that I seen 50 deer in
0: when I was a kid down eastern shore there used to be a place called Remington farms my parents used to go there when they were kids they they took me in my sister and stuff, we would ride through the park. You would see 200 deer and it was does bucks, fawns, big bucks, giant bucks, small bucks, all feeding in the same field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you know, it was a doe factory. It was, you know, so somebody created that. Yeah. It, it's just the appearance just because they're there. Doesn't mean anything. So hopefully that, Gives us, no. you know, people are my my perspective, your perspective on it, and um, yeah,
1: like I said, it's all relative to where you're at. It is how much it, agriculture's there, big woods, uh, the lack thereof, mm-hmm. how much browse is in the woods, yep, uh, and how big your plots are, if they're handling it, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um, yeah, palatability at that point in time of the year that they say that they see the deer, you mm-hmm. know. What if you, what if you got a food, well, you know, what if you have spring and summer plot out and all this drought hit and your clover's all burned up? Is that still a dough factory? Right. Because you have clover planted there and it's burned out. Mm-hmm. Or how about mine? It's, it's beautiful right now, but the same amount of deer in there every night. Yeah. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I have a dough factory.
0: You have a doe, you have a dough problem. I You do. just want, you just want to admit it. Yeah. All right, uh right, second gear, you have a question that somebody asked you yeah. to talk about.
1: I'm not going to read it word for word, but uh, on the last on our last video, we had a commenter by the channel name of Fur Hollow, and I forget what the last word was. What did I say it was? Fur Hollow.
0: Mike or something? Fur Hollow Mike?
1: Mm, I better just look it up. Let's get it right. You have a bad <laughs> memory. I do. It was Fur Hollow. Fur Hollow Rancher. I'll get it. Fur Hollow Mike. I will get it. I will pull it up so we get this right. Because the dude will be mad. (laughs) You're going to trigger him. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Let's see. Turn that volume off. Fur Hollow Homestead. There you go. Yeah. For Hollow Homestead. Now trigger, don't trigger him now. He wants to know. He said he saw a video of us in the past or heard us talk in the past about hack and squirt. He's interested in the hack and squirt. Um (laughs) nothing specific. He just wanted to know some information.
0: You want me to go first? You want to go first?
1: Uh you can go first because well, go ahead. You go. You can start. Okay. All right. What's your experience with it?
0: Um I think it has a place time and place for it, just like anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I wouldn't go into an area and just all of a sudden hack and squirt every tree. Um, I think that's silly depending on your habitat. So I see it used in instances where say you are, uh, doing some TSI work, you're cutting some trees down to put structure on the ground but yet you still need a little bit more canopy open up. So then you rather just hack and squirt a tree to kill that tree standing the leaves fall off to allow more sunlight come in because there comes a point where you can just put too much debris logs on the ground to where it's just too thick and a deer can't maneuver through. Mm-hmm. So I like it for that type of situation or say you have a small area around a food plot where you just want to hack and squirt a couple of trees around that food pot to get you some more sunlight. Maybe you don't feel comfortable, you know, uh, cutting the tree down. Um, I see it used. I think it's used, like, way too much. Like, like I highly respect um, Grant Woods. Yeah. But I think he's a hack and squirt uh, nutcase you know i think he just goes crazy with the hack and squirt and it may work out there where he's at but like he focuses on that because of the green growth that you get you know you're not disturbing nothing you're just hack and squirting you're he's burning and you have all that green growth but what happens when the green growth is gone in the harsher winters that we have here then the deer have no food so when you're constantly burning you're setting back the woody browse and woody browse is a huge part of a deer's diet Mm. so it may work down in the south where you have green growth year round but where me and you are at pa you know in the northeast and things and uh midwest and stuff like that we need woody browse to feed the deer during the winter winter time
1: i just i just had this thought Uh, it just popped when you was talking about it, it just popped in my head and not beating grand up because he's an intelligent guy heck yeah i like him um but i just when you were saying this it just popped in my head that you know he does all this no-till stuff and things because he doesn't like to use chemicals he said he will use chemicals if things get out of hand Mm -hmm. and he will use them but um but he doesn't like to use chemicals on his food plots but he's more than more than able and willing to to poison the trees and kill them with chemicals Mm, right you know i just just thought of that now i'm thinking yeah you know what you're right he he is a hack and squirt nut when it comes to that crap you know he He is
0: and i i don't like when he goes to all these properties and all he recommends is hack and squirt like on everything it's like like chill like well
1: okay are are you finished uh you said everything you want to say i'm done Okay, he's done. I'm calm, I'm calm. Okay, okay. What I was going to say was when he suggests that to someone, they might not be experienced at it and knowledgeable because I'll tell you my experience now. I don't have a lot of experience with it, but I tried some of it at my house here because I have a situation where I have some plots down in the woods. Situation situation that i hunt over down here and uh i had to thin the woods out pretty good just to get the plots in and be able to get the implements down there Mm -hmm. to make these plots but i did not i did not like i did not like thinning the woods out too much so but i wanted to open the canopy and i didn't want to drop too many trees because it looked totally bare down there And sometimes when the deer come in to come to the plot, like you can tell some of them are too nervous because it's too open. Mm -hmm. So I opted to go hack and squirt to open the canopy. And the problem lies with when you tell someone to do that, if you don't explain it well enough, bigger trees, you have to put a lot of hacks and squirt a lot of of uh the herbicide mm-hmm. to get that tree to die. uh yeah, what's the word? Systemically. Mm-hmm. That's what I was, I was trying to say. So if it's a bigger tree, you really need to put a lot of hacks around that thing, okay?
0: Well, I, I first I, went down, I put yep. a couple hacks in it, yeah. squirted
1: it, and nothing happened after a year. And I'm like, Yep, what the heck? Yeah. So I went back the next year. And I got real aggressive with it. I even took down a, a cordless drill with a huge arbor bit. And I put this big, I hauled this huge hole in it, and I just squirted it full. Oh, yeah, I went down on an angle, and I just filled it up with herbicide. And that did do a better job, I have to say. Yeah. It's not actually a hack and squirt, but it was a drill and fill. Let's call it that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I found that on the bigger trees, girdling the tree, and then mm-hmm. squirting the herbicide in the girdle okay yeah works a lot better um when me and tj were at the new farm last two weekends ago Mm -hmm. we revisited the bedding area i made back on the ridge last year and all the trees that we girdled and then squirt in uh, rtu which Mm -hmm. is just ready to use herbicide it's pre-mixed it's got like three different herbicides in it i believe all those trees were dead okay and i um Opted to uh, hack and squirt them or girdle them and squirt them Mm -hmm. because I had already hinge cut and, and cut trees down on the ground Stuff
1: laying debris wise. Right.
0: And it was, I just looked at it and I was like, okay, if I cut this tree, this tree and this tree, it's going to be too thick on the ground Mm -hmm. with logs. I'd rather just hack and squirt the tree just for the additional sunlight. Let that tree Stay standing so I don't make it too thick.
1: Now that that was so that was my experience. I I didn't want to thin the woods out anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to you know open up the canopy though, and it's situational to size of the tree. How many hacks and squirts or girdle? You know, you when you girdle, you have to go in past the cambium layer at least, inch and a half or so. At least I like to go two. Mm-hmm. If I can. And, and then and then there's certain herbicides, other herbicides you can use too. There's like like Tordon, I guess you could use that. You know well, that RTU
0: like, has tordon RTU, in it. Okay. Yeah.
1: That RTU you're talking about is a good another good one. I think it's um,
0: Tordon Tri triclopyr, I think. And what something else?
1: That sounds about right. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is situational. Now the other um time that I could think that I would actually suggest it to someone is like if they had an area timbered out and it was like clear cut and you got all these birch trees coming back, you know, and it just is like a total oasis of saplings, you know, and if you're not going to go in there, you know, if the saplings are too big just to go in there and just obliterate them, you could you could do a hack and squirt on some of those and selectively, you know, take some trees out that way um, because obviously it's more uh, advantageous to do the hack and squirt on smaller trees and uh, more predictable, I should say too, mm-hmm. you know, we get you, a better kill. You, yeah. You're going to get a kill on those little smaller trees by the hack and squirt method rather than, like I said, taking a tree that's, you know, 18, two foot round and put a couple hacks and squirts in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I even girdled a couple down here on my property and I didn't even get them deep enough, you know, so they still are standing living, you know, eventually I'll go down and I'll wrap the saw back around them and squirt them. But yeah, I did it a couple of years ago and I didn't understand it fully, so I didn't, I didn't follow through correctly, you know, so there, I mean, if you don't know i'm sure there's lots of videos out there but there again that's why we're talking about it now to try to you know through our experiences educate
0: yeah i think it has a time and place and i don't recommend it or even do it myself very often but yeah it does maybe like i said down south warmer climates i could see it having a beneficial effect where you don't want to cut the tree you just want to kill it standing allow that sunlight to come in you get a flush of green growth um and that's what deer you you know you could have 10 11 months of green growth me and you on the northeast and in midwest and stuff through that area we don't have that no our our green growth is gone by what end of october (sighs)
1: mid-october sometimes yeah
0: depending on you know frost and things and then yeah. we're without green from november december january february march, march. and april you kind of start getting a little bit of you know the honeysuckles start start greening up and yeah. um start getting in your plots with the right. clover and the you know the greens yep. so we're deficient in greens um for five months so mm. that time of year we need the woody browse so fire you know fires for us are not beneficial very often because it sets back the woody browse part. Mm. So Hackett Square has a place. Um, yeah, I'm not against it. It, it doesn't nope. work,
1: but for Hall of Homestead, I hope that answers your question or you find something interesting in that. Thanks for the, uh, the question and comments on the well, video. We gave it to I'm
0: him just... in a couple different different yeah. things for him to think about. For sure. Um, cause we don't know where he's located. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Um, no keep keep the questions coming uh keep watching uh subscribe if you're not a subscriber you can get over to my channel city sticker chris and listen and mm -hmm. watch the podcast and how's the uh how's the listening end going on the uh listening platforms
0: still going up
1: still rising up so that's good people are listening and uh we appreciate it that's episode 25 guys
0: Yeah. I had a birthday. I'm 29 or 39. I'm old. And uh, you're you're a fisherman, Chris, and uh, I'm one year older.
1: (laughs) Yes. 25 in the books. Thanks for having us. Listen in next week. On 26. 26. We We out. Later.